order in the court. It's time for Understanding the Law Radio. Well, hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Understanding the Law. This is the Week in Review. I'm your host, Peter Lamont, along with my co-host, Brendan. And, uh, Brendan, good to see you again. Good to see you, too. A lot happened last week. A lot of That's good, right. uh, you know, stories to report on. Yeah. Uh, but you were telling me about something that has resurfaced. Yes. yes. So, this, in my opinion, is fascinating. Are you a fan of Panera? Yeah, I like Panera. I have to say, I'm already off track, but Panera always messes up my order. Now, I'm not going to blame them. No, I'm that's not gonna true. Be, not going to get all harsh here, but every time, I, I, whatever. Anyway, anyway, Panera is one of my favorite restaurants, despite okay. everything. Uh, and something really shocking came up uh, in December, and it was a TikTok post, and that, you know, gained some traction, but it has resurfaced this week, and is, you know, uh, getting new rounds, new, people are talking about it. It's a TikTok from a girl who is incredibly jittery from the very start. She can't get herself straight, as she says. And then she explains that her uh, mango yuzu charged lemonade from Panera is great. She said, I had about five of these. And then she said that it turns out there are 380 milligrams of caffeine in each, which is just under the daily recommended limit of caffeine, 400 milligrams. That's more than two cans of Monster Energy. And so she claimed in that TikTok post, this should be illegal. What do you think about that? The drink should be illegal? The drink should be illegal because it has so much caffeine in it. It's like 50 espressos if you drink five of them. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't I, I don't think the drink should... How, how is the drink being served? Well, okay, so it's in those... So in Panera... You go up to the cash register, you ask for your stuff, and they give you a cup. And those cups are refillable, free refills. The, the store eagerly, you know, tells you to refill. It says, you know, big letters, big bold letters on the sign, refill as many times as you want. Uh, and it's in the back of the store where all the other non-caffeinated drinks are served, including soft drinks and stuff. All right, well, I don't think it should be illegal. The drink itself, I mean, Monster Energy is not illegal. I, I sure, don't think sure. that. But I guess really we'd have to look into this because it depends on how um, the drink is being, uh, you know, marketed and what the accessibility uh, of it is. So if you're telling me that it's just part of the regular fountain drinks that are in the back of the store, yep, and that anybody could get a cop, it says charged, and then uh, on the thing itself it has the amount of caffeine, but. Part of the argument that I've been seeing people making is that not everybody knows what that even means. You know, not everybody knows that uh, 380 milligrams of caffeine is that much. And that yeah. if you're someone who doesn't normally drink caffeine, seeing that might not make you say, oh, my gosh. And so they think that should be, you know, it should be elaborated upon how. Well, I don't. I don't all right. I don't think going back to your original question that yeah. it should be illegal. But I, I don't do think the think, drink should be illegal. Look, if you go to um, I, I'm, I'm pretty certain I, I don't recall specifically, but I am pretty certain that Monster Energy and maybe Red Bull and some others do have some kind of warnings on them. I know that like if you buy. Um, no dose or any of the caffeine pills at, at a drugstore. I think there's always a warning that said shouldn't be used by children under the age of and, and gave you general guidelines, right? Mm -hmm. So I would imagine that if Panera has 
on a soda fountain accessible to anyone the ability for a kid like because it's next to the soda fountain all right so look if if i read if i read charged lemonade i wouldn't know what that meant i I wouldn't think caffeine quite honestly i would think oh it's like yeah supercharged like lots of flavor Flavor, yeah lots of lemons right so i guess if that's how they're doing it right so that a kid could get a cop go up and then consume 350 milligrams of caffeine which some people are are sensitive to it, and others are just maybe too young to consume that amount. Yeah, I mean, people have died from caffeine overdose. Right. So I, I don't think the drink is illegal. I definitely think that they need to figure out how they're serving it and who has access to it. So, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So that's interesting. So it is interesting. Um, you know, we we can talk about that. I think on a full episode, we'll yeah. go through some food liability. So we'll, that'll be fun. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, also, last week, the groundhog. That's right. Now, I don't know if you saw my story on uh, social media, but I posted this very entertaining story about the groundhog. I did. I saw it. You did, right? Yes, I'm a loyal fan. Yeah, it was pretty pretty interesting, right? So yeah. let me just show you real quick. Basically, in a post of this is breaking news, jury finds Phil guilty. Paxatawney Phil, might we add. Yeah, so yeah. So you, yeah. you don't know. Guilty of all charges of seeing his shadow. And then the story goes like this. Today was a historic day. A jury was assembled on an emergency basis to decide the fate of Groundhog Phil. As you know, Phil saw his shadow, and Mm -hmm. that meant that uh, there'd be more winter weather ahead. He was charged with conspiring with Jack Frost to extend winter for monetary gain and with failure, and he was also charged with failure to perform Puxatawney duties and obligations. These were serious <laughs> crimes, yeah. punishable up to five years of burrowing banishment. After much deliberation, the jury reluctantly found Phil guilty and sentenced him to two years of community service. Jack Frost was not present at the trial and is considered a fugitive. <laughs> so Groundhog Day was last week. And, you know, it's one of those silly holidays. Yeah. Because... Obviously, you know that the groundhog being plucked out of a cage has nothing to do with whether or not yeah. there's going to be winter or you not. You know, when I was in school, when I was younger, nobody ever taught me that. So I, for the longest time, I always just assumed, oh, if he sees his shadow, there's going to be winter. Right. And because really, that's just how it works. He, when he sees his shadow, it just that's how it happens. Yeah. This is just nonsense. Uh, but but yeah. what's not nonsense is not the nonsense. Bill Murray movie Groundhog Day. Nope. You, have a, you have a story from last week about this. I do have a story uh, about Groundhog Day. If you don't know, Groundhog Day is a movie about a man. He's a, he's a grumpy, mean guy who gets trapped in a time loop where he has to go over and over and learn to be nicer to people. That's a very, very simplified version. Okay. Would you say that's accurate? Uh, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Well, I'm going to tell you about another movie. It's called 12.01 p.m. 1201 is a movie about a grumpy man who gets stuck in a time loop and has to learn to be nicer to people after going around over and over and over. Now, I know what you're thinking. That sounds a lot like Groundhog Day. And so did the directors of the movie who sued Warner Brothers. No, I'm sorry. Columbia Pictures. Similar sounding names. uh, For making Groundhog Day, claiming they infringed it. Uh, They were, they were, they I put that in quotes, outraged by the apparent theft of the idea. But after six months of lawyers' conferences, they decided to drop the case against Columbia Pictures. Now, I'm going to read you some of the similarities between this film. Are you ready for this? Yep, go ahead. 
And you know what? I just have to clarify here. The short story it was based on is 12.01 p.m. The name of the film was just 12.01. Got it. So, yeah. So, both loops begin with a trip to a public park where there's a woman he's into but doesn't know that doesn't know that well yet still ultimately confides in in both stories the protagonist learns to not be a jerk as illustrated by the fact that he helps a homeless person he'd previously ignored both of them try to escape the loop by committing suicide and in both cases it's futile and ends up simply resetting the time loop so those are pretty similar i mean there are there are enough very yeah. similar moments in the films but after six months of lawyers' conferences, they were decided to drop it. They probably settled. I mean, well, I mean, I I personally imagine that they would have said that. This just says that they decided to drop the lawsuit. Nah, they probably settled. It was probably one of those. I mean, this happens all the time, though. Remember when we talked about, like, I, I forget the exact story, so if I'm getting this wrong, you know, don't hate me here. But we talked about the Matrix in the past, and uh, there was a woman who claimed she made the Matrix. Yeah, I remember that. As well as, and I remember and, there being uh, some frozen, truth frozen. to her. Yeah, the Frozen one was, if I recall correctly, completely yeah. outlandish. But the Matrix one, there's like that's like still an argument today that I see, and I think there's some truth to it. I don't remember properly, but it seems like all the time people yeah. come up with stuff and say, "Oh no, I invented this." No, it's true. There was oh, there was another one I can't remember. I think it was Harry Potter where the guy uh, was like, "Oh look, this is exactly like my book from a month prior." Uh, yep. You know, Larry Potter. And I remember talking about that. It seems like all the time when something comes out, if you had an idea that's even slightly similar. Someone's always going to yeah. say it was mine. I mean, yep. I fe- yeah, that's 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 that. Yeah. Yeah. So whether it's similar uh, or not, that's up for you to decide. Well, we will decide that and we will also wait out the rest of winter. Thanks to the damn groundhog. That's right. All right. Also in the news last week, um, for many of you who might be familiar with the Johnson & Johnson talcum or baby powder class action uh for those of you who aren't it it basically is um a class action accusing johnson and johnson the maker of the baby powder um for using talcum which Mm -hmm. causes cancer or is alleged to cause cancer um especially in in i guess women and um you know so it's a big lawsuit you know multi multi multi-million dollar lawsuit and as part of it uh, Johnson and Johnson attempted to declare bankruptcy and they, they wanted to file chapter 11 so that they could uh, restructure and essentially avoid some of the liability. But last week, uh, Johnson and Johnson received pretty much a crushing blow when the bankruptcy court refused to uphold their bankruptcy filing mm-hmm. and basically said that, um, it was well i'll tell you what the plaintiffs said the plaintiffs lawyers attacked it and they said basically that johnson and johnson's filing amounted to a bad faith bankruptcy filing and a fraudulent ploy to shield the parent company's assets so that's basically what um they were alleging interesting you know and so what's going on with johnson and johnson i think highlights an important uh fact that you just can't count on bankruptcy to get you out of everything because there are exceptions to what can be discharged and um, you know why you're trying to discharge some things. So it's I, I think it's an important uh, lesson. So we'll see where this class action goes with Johnson and Johnson, but uh, certainly, I mean, th- this is going to affect 
them. I don't know where it's going to go and how it's going to play out. Um, but you know, I, I think that um, according to recent reports, Johnson and Johnson is going to try to seek a rehearing because uh, it was the Third Circuit Court uh, that that made the ruling. But we'll see where it goes. So it, it's certainly interesting. Now, you might not be a fan of talcum powder right? okay because i don't even think uh you've you've probably ever used it okay is well am i right uh, Have i you don't ever think used so ba- maybe when you were a baby i don't know maybe when i was a baby but here's something you might know something about so um also last week coinbase okay won a dismissal of a lawsuit claiming that it sold tokens illegally so if you don't know what we're talking about brendan explain what tokens they're talking about or what coinbase is so these aren't lucky pirate tokens or chucky e. cheese tokens these are bitcoin tokens tokens being the word used to describe the individual bitcoins so if you had you know five bitcoins i suppose that would be considered five tokens is that is that accurate that's pretty accurate i think so so coinbase is really a cryptocurrency ah what would you call it it, it they they provide a cryptocurrency wallet, but it's also a cryptocurrency trading platform. Mm-hmm. Now, cryptocurrency, Bren, what is cryptocurrency for those who don't know? Cryptocurrency is, um, I mean, I don't even fully know myself. And it's don't online say, currency. Don't say make believe money. <laughs> I mean, well, it it's it's through Bitcoin mining where computers do these. Um, math equations, and they get. I I don't fully know. I nobody fully knows, but it's essentially a different form of currency that's online that acts like stocks, where it goes up and down in price, and that your five bitcoins could today that are worth a thousand could be seventy thousand tomorrow. And regardless, despite the fact that the general public doesn't fully understand bitcoins, I'd say cryptocurrency and um. NFTs and all of that has kind of blown up in the last uh, few years, I'd say. Yeah. So, all right. So for, for those of you who, who don't know, I think Brennan's explanation was sufficient. Um, well, ho- hold on, hold on, hold on. But no, I'm we- going to no, I have my friend, my friend, Dick, last name, Chenari. Cryptocurrency noun, a digital currency in which transactions are verified and records maintained by a decentralized system using cryptography rather than by a centralized authority. All right. So basically, thanks for that, because I'm sure that cleared it up. Basically, what happens is these transactions (laughs) are recorded on the blockchain, and we've talked about blockchain technology. And what's the blockchain? Well, we've talked about it on uh, some of our, our prior episodes. But imagine it like this. Imagine a link of a chain being then linked to another and and links are added you could not remove a previous link without disrupting all of the others so the idea behind blockchain technology is that these transactions are recorded permanently and that it is nearly impossible to fraudulently or fabricate or uh, in any way screw around with yeah for for easier terms the blockchain so it it records the transactions uh more securely arguably but oddly enough though you still see cryptocurrency scams yeah you do you do thieves and nfts being stolen so yeah well uh, just because 
it's more, you know, supposedly more protected in terms of transactions doesn't mean it's safer. All right, because well, with it being solely on the internet, I've seen people get emails that when they click to open the email, right, it, it looks steals entirely their, real. Right. It steals their NFTs and their cryptocurrency. No, it, it's true. And I, I think we got to be aware of that. But in this case, Coinbase was sued. Um, the plaintiffs were basically saying that it was acting as an unregistered securities broker or dealer. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Coinbase basically argued that no, they they weren't. It was uh, they were a platform. They were an intermediary, and uh, were not an intermediary. I should say that they were just a pass through, okay, and that they weren't responsible for for actually selling any of the tokens. It was a pass through. It was like a search engine almost. You know, mm-hmm. a search engine a search engine is not responsible for what you type into it or what it gives you back. So if you type in how to make an explosive device you know, and, and Google gives you the instructions, Google is a pass-through that's not has no liability in, in, in that information. So what was being argued by the plaintiff was that Coinbase was an intermediary or the actual seller of the tokens. And uh, last week, a judge, a federal judge, um, dismissed the proposed class action. Yeah. Um, and said, no, we don't see it that they were acting as an actual seller. Now, yes, the proposed class action is out the window. Who knows, though, whether or not individual lawsuits will continue? Oh, yeah. Because just because a class action is, is, is determined to be invalid or not, uh, um, you know, capable of moving forward that doesn't mean you you dismissed all individual claims so we'll see where that goes but i also think you know there's not just specifically this issue but so many lawsuits related to bitcoins and nfts like there's a lawsuit against uh certain celebrities for promoting nfts um yeah we've talked about that before yeah. it's it's there's all kinds of stuff going on now i i personally i know that you and i have had this conversation before and we've disagreed but i yeah. personally think that nfts and and cryptocurrency i kind of think it's like um it's it's still in its infancy and at some point um you know I mean, I we're gonna see it continue dead. i think it's dead uh, see, in the i water. disagree well i mean where else would it go you know what else would happen we got the full force of the metaverse you know we have digital worlds do you want to go sit i heard an ad on the radio this morning uh go to iheartland in roblox you want to go play in iHeartland? No. And it's like, go get your, uh, it's a winter snowstorm. Get your chocolate chip cookies and milk. It's in a digital game, right? Like, I don't see how this appeals to young people who all of Gen Z hate it. Old people who wouldn't un- wouldn't have the interest in going to Roblox to play a fictional game. Like, who is this targeted towards? You know, there's... I don't see the the purpose. We've seen that NFTs aren't as safe as people say. My opinion is is just based on what we've seen from this, right? We've seen as soon as NFTs became a thing, we've seen hundreds and hundreds of scammy kind of like cash grab NFT chains where it's, you know, oh, it's just a social club. If you have a picture of a monkey, 
then you're in the club and all those monkeys are worth so much less now. Yeah. I don't I don't personally see the point. And the same with crypto, well, cryptocurrency is a whole other discussion. You know, and there's like the environmental factor and the, you know, oh, is cryptocurrency this and that and all that. But with NFTs at least, I don't see them ever being, you know, used like, oh, NFTs should be your plane tickets. But if my NFT can be stolen way easier than a physical plane ticket, A, why would I ever switch? And B, how are you going to convince, like, most of the population to switch? Yeah. And and now NFT, uh, a lot of the NFT craze, too, might I add, was from companies and corporations who were pushing their own NFTs. And if that's no longer a thing, like, um, some celebrities were trying to create shows based on their NFT characters. And a lot of those fell through. You know, uh... I think it was I think it was Seth Green. He has an NFT monkey character from the from the Bored Apes and since you theoretically own the copyright which isn't entirely true and that's a whole other story. He tried to make a show about it, but guess what happened to him? What? Someone stole his monkey and now the show was put on indefinite hold because he no longer has the rights. That's crazy. That is crazy. I don't see this. Yeah. I mean the goal, too, with making that show would be making his monkey worth more, which in and of itself, wouldn't that fall in the same kind of thing as promoting your own NFTs? You would think so. So it's just such a messy area that I don't think, I think that like the companies that had done it are trying to get rid of everything. You know, WWE, I'm a, I'm a WWE fan. Every show they're talking to you about WWE, you know, flips, get your NFTs now. They're, you know cheaper than ever and you got to go and get your deals and all these companies that like minted nfts are just trying to load them off at this point yeah i hear you i know sad do you sad know thing. you know actually slight side note here i'm sorry i'm getting off track here you know stanley from the office yeah well he he started the stanley dollar a form of cryptocurrency it was named stanley dollar how how was he able to do that? He when just did. Uni- but Universal would own the rights to Stanley. Yeah, well, it was just called the Stanley Dollar. I gotcha. And it was his face. Well, that's crazy. I mean, he's trying to make an he's trying to make an office spinoff. You know, Stanley is. Yeah, you have you haven't heard this story? No. This is not part of the weekend review. We should do an entire episode on this one. But it's called Uncle Stan, and it's a Kickstarter campaign that sold incredibly well. It's him and this other guy who has a whole history behind him. But it's uh, it's not Stanley, it's Uncle Stan. No relation, but, you know, he loves pretzels. He likes crossword puzzles. It's implied that he's going to be the exact same character. And he's coming back to help his nephew with his motorcycle and flower shop. Oh, brother. Sitcom. Yeah, and they got funded. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see about that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Stanley Dollar. And right, that we'll look that has up. zero sales. Look that up. We'll see what that is. All right, next, uh, we know, and I know, with certainty that yeah. everybody hates lawyers. I wouldn't say that. Well, no, you can't hate me. But I can't hate you. No, no, can't hate me. But um, you let me go on a twenty-minute rant about I did. Uh, NFTs. Yeah, I did. I didn't even know what the hell you were talking about. But <laughs> um, so, for those of you who are fans, and I am not, and I'm proud to say I am not, of the Real Housewives, I am um, not. You might know Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Erica Jane Girardi. On um, back in twenty. 20, she and her husband, Tom Girardi, were sued in federal court um, by Lion Air or plaintiffs who were part of this Lion Air case alleging that uh, the attorney, Tom, misused funds. Well, 
to this week, not today, this week, federal prosecutors in Chicago and Los Angeles filed criminal charges against the disbarred attorney, Tom Girardi, accusing him of taking more than $18 million in funds belonging to his firm's clients. So this guy, if you saw the film um, Aaron Brockovich uh, about the case Pacific Gas and Electric Company, Girardi was the real-life attorney who handled that. And he also handled, he was a plaintiff's attorney, mm-hmm. a significant amount of personal injury cases. But we're not talking about, like, you know, your run-of-the-mill neck and back. We're talking about, like, the Lion Air case. We're talking about, you know, massive class actions where he was making millions and millions of dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So it turns out, according to the allegations, that... um he was allegedly taking clients' funds and using them for himself. And that's why he was disbarred. And now they've filed actual criminal charges against him. Now, the guy's like 83 years old. Um, he's been formally charged with five counts of wire fraud for allegedly embezzling $15 million from 2010 to 2020. And then prosecutors in Chicago charged him with eight counts of wire fraud and four counts of criminal contempt of court. Mm. Um, He's got uh, a a representative who says that he's suffering from Alzheimer's. Um, But this is going to be one of those very, very publicized cases because he's, he's, uh, you know, a pretty renowned, famous attorney. And, of course, his... Um, I don't know if they're still married. I would imagine they are. I haven't, I haven't looked that up, yeah. being that I'm a, not a Housewives fan. As, as but, am I? No. Yeah. Erica Jane Girardi, um, it, it's going to be in the news. It's going to be one of these things. Mm-hmm. A, a year from now or so, you're going to be seeing the criminal trial, and we're going to be talking about it, and it's going to be lots of episodes. It's going to be like a, like a Johnny Depp thing. But here, this is this is the beginning of it. You've heard it here. This is going to be the next big thing that people are going to follow. It's really, if the allegations are true, obviously, it's, it's kind of appalling because as an attorney, the, the thing you know never to do is you never touch your client's money ever. It's not yours. You know, your responsibility as an attorney is to hold that money, especially, I, I don't do personal injury work, but the way it works, if you get an award for your client, it goes into your trust account, and then you dole that out to the plaintiff minus whatever fees you have, right? Mm-hmm. But but this guy is alleged of just like not giving them the money and taking it for himself, and and that I I don't know how anybody could do that. T- to me, that's it's it's mind blowing that anybody would think to do that, but that's what he is uh, alleged with. So. We'll see where that goes. I'm still not going to watch The Real Housewives. I have no interest. <laughs> but All right, one last one for this week. Uh, are you a big fan of Post Cereals? Uh, I would say I am. Right, give, me, give me one. Give me a name. Post Cereal. Post Cereal. Who, who makes it? Give me a product. An actual cereal. Um, I'm going to test your fan, fanhood. Oh, man. This is harsh. Uh, Come on. He works with Bedrock. Oh, uh, the Flintstones. I love Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles. Okay, Cocoa I didn't know it was Pebbles. made by Post. Okay. I didn't know it was made by Post, but I love Fruity Pebbles. Okay, I'm, I think Favorite Honeycomb. Series. I think Honeycomb is. Um, so anyway, so they have a product, Post. It's called the OK Go! Exclamation Point. It's okay. basically 
It's like a ramen noodle cup. It's but weird. it has cereal in it. Oh. And it's cereal and milk to go. You just add cold water. Wait a minute. Yes. So it's got to be dehydrated milk. What? And it's in a cup and you add cold water. You stir it up and you've got yourself a bowl of cereal on the go. How crazy is that? That is crazy. Right? So they're calling it OK Go. Well, an indie band by that same name, oh, OK Go. I was waiting for this, uh, the dehydrated milk to poison people. Nope. nope. Oh, an, boy. An indie band is now facing off with Post. Um, Post is apparently suing them because they want to be able to trademark the name OK Go. Mm-hmm. But the band OK Go is saying, wait a minute, we've owned this name for years and we we don't want post to be able to wait so so okay go is suing post is that what i said just making sure no no post is suing okay but how go. why would post because, okay go because they have no because okay go the band yeah is saying stop post you're not allowed to trademark that and so post is suing the band saying we want a declaration from the court stating that we can file and get approval for our trademark. And so that's what's going on. Huh. Yeah. I and, guess I get it. Okay. It's so, confusing though, you know? Right. So, how would they have any claim though? Like how So would- here, here here's what here's what the the story actually supposed is suing the Here It Goes Again performers. That's okay, go the band to yeah. stop the band. So so listen to this I don't know who wrote this. To stop the band from preventing the corporation from trademarking the name OK Go. So Okay. Hold so, on. Let me wrap my head around right, that. Isn't one. my explanation a little more clear? A little clear. bit more clear, yeah. Okay. So that's what's going on. So this is going to be interesting because obviously the the likelihood of confusion between OK Go exclamation point, a ramen noodle cup of uh, dehydrated milk and cereal mm-hmm. is not going to be easily confused with an indie band. But what's interesting about this is that the band and the band's spokesperson are basically accusing Post of bullying them. So the quote is, it's a multi-million dollar corporation versus a small indie rock band. The band has been using OK Go for 25 years. They're being bullied. That's what the spokesperson is quoted as saying. So, and and the band argues like, you know, you know what's the likelihood of confusion? We've been using it. Um, but in all honesty, it's the band who's trying to prevent Post from mm-hmm. registering it. And I don't, I, I don't know where it's going to go because I have personally registered trademarks on behalf of clients where you would think that There'd be no issue registering it. There'd be nothing that could compete with it. There is nothing out there that would be, you know, substantially similar or or lead to the likelihood of confusion. And yet, the trademark office, depending upon the examiner that you get, says, "Oh no, it's confusing." So, mm-hmm. where this one will go, I'm interested to see. Um, I don't know that I, I agree that the band is being bullied, quote unquote, but. Um, Certainly, certainly an interesting topic. But I know what's more interesting for you. Yeah. You're looking up that cereal, aren't you? You're looking up the cereal in the ramen noodle cup. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I'm very interested. You're not even you know? interested in the story. You just want to no, know about the cereal in the, in the no, cup. I'm interested in the story. I think it's kind of nuts. I think, um, I don't know. I mean, my thought would be like if I own the trademark for like 
I don't know, gosh, let me come up with something, Fred Flintstone. And then the people that made Friends, Fred, Fred Flintstone, were like, hey, we've made this new show starring Fred Flintstone. How am I, How is that my fault? Right? Like, how, was, how am I at fault there? Right. If the band truly was using the name, if I was okay, named, go. Yeah, yeah. For 25 years. Yeah. And then somebody's like, uh, somebody else, you know, a bigger company says, yeah. hey, you know what? I like that name. Yeah. I don't know. I am interested in the serial, by the way. Yeah, I'm looking it up here. I'll show you. Whoops. Yeah. I'll, I'm looking at a picture. There's so many of the things. It's freaky. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. It, it looks normal, but how how does it taste? That's the question. I bet you it probably tastes okay. Probably tastes all right. But you know what? I got to be honest. I don't know that I like the name Okay Go for the cereal. Yeah, I mean that is that is like you know oh I want some cereal. How about like I don't know let's go. Yeah, right. Let, let's go. The cereal or... feels like it's chewing me away. Right. I don't know. Rather o- than okay. Like, okay. Know, go. Okay. Stay here for a couple minutes and then yeah. and then leave. I don't know. I'm gonna have to think about that. But I am interested in the lawsuit. Yeah. All right. Well, How do you? Well, wait, wait, wait. Hold well, on. I'm just I want. I was gonna. I'm stopping just you from sign off. it up. Nope. What do you predict will happen with the lawsuit? Because I don't. I don't. I don't know. That's interesting. Like, I think they'll. You settle. have to give your official prediction. I think that that um, I don't know. I think that the products are so different. I don't think that there's going to be an issue. I honestly think that the trademark office will accept the filing of OK Go exclamation point as the serial. I don't think that that necessarily means though that um, the band mm-hmm. can't then use the name. I, they're, they're completely different things. I just yeah. I don't, know, I don't get it. All right, well, now I'm going to sign off. That's going to do it for this episode of UTL Radio Week in Review. Again, um, this is a segment we used to do all the time. We brought it back um, because people have asked for it. So let me know what you think about it. Let me know uh, if you have any comments, suggestions. We're, we're, we're open to it all. But that's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time. But don't forget... That we do have regular episodes Tuesdays and Thursdays, full episodes, not week in review. So check those out too. Yeah. That's it. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Understanding the Law Radio. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. We're available anywhere that you listen to your podcasts, including Amazon, Apple Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also, don't forget to check us out online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again. See you next time.